Hi, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. This episode is being released on a week that is here where I live in the United States, a holiday week. And so if you're listening here in the States at on the week of release, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to you and your family this week. My Family will welcome about 15 or so uh, family members into the home, and we're going to have a traditional Thanksgiving meal with a bunch of family here at the house, and so we're super excited to spend the day with them on Thanksgiving. And so to you and yours, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving yourself. And on that note of Thanksgiving, let me just say a huge, huge thank you to those of you who generously support the work of the Bible and Life podcast, the listener's commentary, this whole online ministry of Bible teaching. Uh, you're making a massive difference, not just for me, but in the lives of thousands of people all around the world. We live in a time where we have so much access to the Bible right there on our phones or our computers, and yet, at least here in the States, we have an increasing, really an increasing famine of knowledge of the Word of God. We have an increasing dearth of a lack of understanding and knowledge of the Word of God. It's just, it's really a shame. And so this ministry is aimed at one attempt to try to address some of that and help help people really learn and live the Bible so that increasingly as God's people, we can be shaped and formed by the very Word of God that is our life source, that according to the psalmist is a lamp to our feet, that it's the way we can keep our path pure, that it's the wellspring of life that leads to a flourishing life. The Word of God is so central. And so those of you who, in your generosity, are able to support this work, you're making a massive difference in the lives of people. And so thanks a ton for that. Um, and obviously, I, I couldn't do this ministry without your support. So from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. And I just continue to pray that the Lord stirs up more and more people to do that so this ministry can grow and expand and continue to bear much fruit for his name's sake. Over the last few weeks, we've been just taking a look at some of my favorite snapshots from the book of Acts. Acts tells the story of the early church, really the first 30 years of the church. It's in a lot of ways the link between the Gospels, which tell the story of Jesus, and the letters which the apostles and church leaders wrote to various churches and Christians around the Mediterranean world. Well, in between that, you have Acts. And Acts tells the story of how the church went from exclusively uh, Jewish Christianity in Jerusalem, how it grew and became this multi-ethnic family of God scattered throughout the Mediterranean world, and how it did that in just 30 years, and how at the end of the book of Acts, we've gone from Jerusalem and exclusively Jewish Christianity to Rome and Paul preaching the gospel in the heart of empire and sharing the kingdom of God there. And so it's a fantastic book. And if you're not familiar with Acts, you should open it up, read it. A lot of incredible stories in there that will stir you and inspire you and confuse you and amaze you and, and all things in between. And I've been giving a detailed teaching through Acts over on my other podcast, The Listener's Commentary, where I teach straight through Bible books. Well, here, I thought on the Bible and life each week, I would just pull out some of my favorite snapshots. And instead of giving the detailed teaching like I do in the listener's commentary, just offer some reflections on that. So we've been looking at some of those snapshots over the last few weeks. And last week, we looked at Saul's conversion, Saul who becomes the Apostle Paul, 
Um, we looked at his conversion and how he went from being chief persecutor to chief promoter of Jesus instantaneously when he met Jesus on the Damascus Road and how that event precipitated what we called a total reorientation of life for Paul, how everything got turned upside down and every thing he understood about God and about Gentiles, about scripture, was reoriented around Jesus. And we looked at that last week. I don't want to leave Saul just yet. He's such a pivotal character in the story of the early church that I wanted to spend another week just looking at him and looking at his background and specifically looking how God took his background and used it for his purposes. How many of you are familiar with the old uh, 1980s classic Karate Kid, that movie? That movie is... Uh, a classic, right? People who weren't even around in the 80s have watched that movie, loved that movie. Um, well, in the movie Karate Kid, there's this fascinating little moment where uh, the kid is being taught karate by his sensei, his master, but he doesn't know he's being taught karate. He's waxing the car, waxing on, waxing off. He's painting the fence, and he's doing all these odd jobs for... Uh, for Mr. Miyagi, his sensei, his master, and he wants to be learning karate. And so at one critical moment in the movie, after doing all these odd jobs and chores for him, he says, when are you going to teach me karate? And so he says, you know, wax on, wax off, paint the fence, right? And he realizes that by doing these chores, he's been learning the basic motions that are going to become the foundation for learning karate. I think about that often when I think about the Apostle Paul because his background seemed so, so anything like what you would think God would be preparing him for. And yet, in hindsight, when you look back at it, you realize, oh, oh, his whole growing up years, God was preparing Saul to be just the right man for just the right time to promote Jesus all throughout the cities of the Mediterranean world. And so what I want to do in the next few minutes is just look at Saul and look at his life and look at how God prepared him for this moment and what that says to you and to me as God's people today. Um, first, let me start by just reading a couple passages here from Paul himself, some of his own words about how he describes his background. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, Paul writes this. He says this about his former way of life, back before he was a Christian, um, that time period that's described in Acts chapter 9, where uh, Paul is persecuting the church. And this is what Paul says to the Galatians. He writes, Galatians 1, 13 and 14, for you have heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. This is Paul's way of describing what was happening there in Acts 8 and uh, the early part of Acts chapter 9, when his goal was to stamp out the church, right? Um, he was persecuting the church of God, he says, beyond measure. He tried to destroy it. He wanted to get rid of it. Why did he do that? Well, it had to do with his understanding of the law and of God. He says, and I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen. I was an up-and-comer, in other words. Like, he was studying under the rabbi Gamaliel. He was an up-and-comer, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. His zeal is what drove him 
to, to live so passionately for the law, and that same zeal is what led him to try to destroy the church of God. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul really says the same sort of thing. He's in here at the beginning of Philippians 3, he's saying, look, there's these people that they're putting confidence in the flesh and their ability to keep the law and in the flesh's understanding of God. If they want to play that game, guess what? I could play that game. I was a good Jew. And so he says, if anyone, if anyone else thinks he's confident in the flesh, I have more reason. And then he lists off sort of his prerogatives and heritage and privileges and accomplishments as a Jew. I think we read this in last week's episode. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is found in law blameless. Like, if you wanted to find a poster boy for Judaism in the year 34 A.D., Look at the Apostle Paul. Look at him when he was Saul, before he became the Apostle Paul. And all of this is his background. Well, let's just explore some of that. What do we know about Paul before he became Paul? Like when he was just Saul, the zealous Jew. Well, Saul was born a Jew, raised a Jew. He says there in Philippians that he was circumcised the eighth day, just as the law required. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, where the first king of Israel was from, and hence his name, Saul. He's named after King Saul, the very first king of Israel that you can read about in 1 Samuel. He was he describes himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews. In other words, he wasn't a Hellenistic Jew. He was a Hebrew through and through. His family kept to the Hebrew traditions, the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew customs. They spoke Hebrew and Aramaic in their synagogue and in their home, right? As to the law, he was of the sect of Pharisees. He was either brought up, probably brought up, or at least that was the the chosen path. He's a Pharisee, uh, the most conservative group of his day that tried to really understand the law, keep it, and be as pure and as holy as possible. He was so zealous, he says he persecuted the church, and as to the righteousness which is in the law, the righteousness that the law could provide, he says, that's blameless. I kept the law to the nth degree. When I broke it, I did the appropriate sacrifices. In other words, Saul was a Jew through and through. We also know from things written uh, about Saul, both in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9 tells us this, as well as a few other places in the scriptures, that uh, Saul was born in Tarsus of Cilicia. We don't know exactly when he was born. Uh, Scholarly guesstimates put it around the year 4 AD, so he's, he's a few years younger than what Jesus would have been. Um, But, again, that's a bit of a guess. We don't know for sure. Uh, But he was born in Tarsus. Tarsus is several hundred miles north of Jerusalem. It was a center of Greek learning. There was a university there that was fairly famous. So it's a a center of a university town, a center of Greek learning. That's why Paul in some of his writings can quote Greek poets and philosophers. He grew up around that. In other words, he grew up in a, in a Greek city that was well known for its Greek culture and Greek learning. So he's a Hebrew of Hebrews, and yet he grew up in a city comfortable with Greek and Roman cities, uh, comfortable with Greek language and Greek learning. Uh, Tarsus was a commercial center. So it's just a big, important Greek city. So Already we see he's being prepared for a job that he doesn't know is going to be his. Not only that, we also know from 
the book of Acts that Saul was a Roman citizen. In fact, we learn in Acts 22 that Saul was born a Roman citizen. So somewhere back in his family line, one of his uh, Jewish ancestors somehow acquired Roman citizenship so that when Paul was born, he was born as a Roman citizen. Now, that's a special privilege. Not everyone who lived in the Roman Empire was a Roman citizen. That was a special privilege that only a few had. And to be born that way was actually a higher privilege than like to acquire it some other way. So Saul's a Jew through and through, comfortable in Greek cities with Greek learning and Greek commerce, and he has the special privilege of Roman citizenship that's going to give him special rights and privileges all the way around. In fact, his Roman citizenship is going to play out in the story of the book of Acts at several points where it's his citizenship that he utilizes in some special and some key moments and in very gospel-centered sort of ways. We'll talk about that next week on uh, the podcast when we look at Acts chapter 16. And so Paul really is comfortable with, has privileges in, three different worlds, the Roman world, the Greek world, and the Jewish world. Now, one of the other things we know about Paul is that at some point in his upbringing, he left home in Tarsus and moved to Jerusalem to study really at rabbi school, to study under the, uh, the best teachers of the day. Um, in fact, Paul says he was brought up in the city of Jerusalem. He says that in Acts chapter 22. Now, we don't know exactly how old he was when he moved there, but uh, based on what we do know about the culture of the day and the education of the day, it was probably his early teen years. And so Paul grew up in Tarsus, but at some point in his, what we would consider formative kind of early teen years, he moves to Jerusalem and he goes to school there and is taught the law, taught the traditions of the rabbis there till the point it, he distinguishes himself enough that he actually begins studying under the most important uh, rabbinic teacher of the day, Gamaliel. Gamaliel was such an important rabbinic teacher that when he died, the report went out that the glory of the law has faded. Uh, because Gamaliel was so important as a teacher. And so here's Saul um, in Jerusalem, studying under the most important rabbi of the day, Rabbi Gamaliel, um, growing up in Jerusalem. So he's comfortable in Jerusalem. He's connected to the leaders of uh, Jewishness and Judaism of the day, studying under the most important rabbi. He's got all of this background at his disposal. One interesting note about Paul's time in Jerusalem is this. Paul doesn't seem to have any firsthand experience with Jesus during Jesus' ministry, which would suggest that uh, Paul was in Jerusalem studying under Gamaliel for a time, left Jerusalem right around the time of Jesus' ministry, and then by the time we get to the early chapters of Acts, he's back in Jerusalem. Now, we don't know how all that plays out. We don't have the details, but based on what Paul says about himself and Paul's ministry, it doesn't seem like he had any firsthand encounters with Jesus during Jesus' ministry. But by the time we meet Saul in Acts chapter 8 and 
onward into chapter 9, he's in Jerusalem and he's well connected with Gamaliel, with the Sanhedrin. He's there at uh, the stoning of Stephen and those who are executing Stephen lay their robes at his feet. He's the one that is uh, leading the charge against Christianity, against the church in Jerusalem at the beginning of Acts chapter 8. At the beginning of Acts chapter 9, he gets official letters from the high priest in Jerusalem so that he can go all the way up to Damascus, 130 miles away, to see if he can't find some Christians there to bring them back to Jerusalem for trial and putting them in prison. And so he's super well connected to the leaders by the time we we meet him in Acts chapters 8 and 9. And then Paul meets Jesus. He meets Jesus in Acts chapter 9, and as we said on last week's episode, his meeting of Jesus precipitates a total reorientation of his life. And here's what's fascinating for us today on this episode is, he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, he goes into Damascus, he prays and fasts for three days, he's trying to figure out where he went wrong, Jesus sends a man named Ananias to him, notice that in Acts chapter 9, Jesus speaks to Saul on the Damascus road, he could have just shared the gospel and told him what he needed to do right there, but no, he sends a human being to him so that Saul will be led to Christ by a man named Ananias, who we never see before and never see after in the book of Acts. He's not like a major character, but he played a major role in the history of Christianity because he's the one that God used to tell Saul what he needed to do. He's the one that baptized Saul, and so that's significant. Um, And so Jesus sends Ananias to him. Saul Uh, immediately there in Damascus is baptized. So he's on his way there to persecute Christians. Within just a few days of arriving, he's now blind. And then he has a sight restored by Ananias and he's baptized by Ananias publicly before everybody declaring his allegiance to Jesus as king. And then immediately Luke tells us in Acts chapter 9 that Saul begins preaching Jesus in the synagogues there in Damascus. Now, here's the thing. Saul had an immense understanding of the scriptures. What he needed to do was plug Jesus into that understanding and see how all those scriptures actually pointed to and led up to Jesus. And once he met Jesus on the Damascus road, it all started coming together for him and he began to see who Jesus was. And so he's baptized publicly and then he publicly begins to proclaim Jesus there in the city of Damascus and the surrounding area. And from that moment on, Saul is a changed man and wherever he goes, he proclaims Jesus. He lives for Jesus. His life is oriented around Jesus. And for our purposes today, here's what I want us to note. All that background, all that preparation uniquely prepared Saul for this moment and for the job Jesus had for him. Jesus told Ananias, you need to go to Saul because he's a chosen instrument of mine. He's going to bear my name before the Gentiles, before rulers, and before the sons of Israel, and I'm going to show him how much he has to suffer for my name's sake. And Paul did that from the get-go. His life was given over to Jesus, and he proclaimed Jesus to the Gentiles, to the Jews, to kings and rulers. He shared the name of Jesus and proclaimed Jesus wherever he went. And Paul was uniquely suited for that task. He was comfortable in Greek cities. He 
had Roman citizenship, that he could deploy at key moments for the advancement of the gospel. He knew the scriptures and the law like the back of his hands. He was comfortable with Jews and powerful Jews at that. And Paul is this uniquely prepared person. His whole life was like the karate kid where he's thinking he's just learning the scriptures. He's thinking he's just going to be a good Jew. He's just going to be your ordinary, you know, up and coming zealous Jew. But no, God had a specific job for him. And when the moment came, immediately he could deploy Paul into service for himself. And Paul surrendered his whole life to him. And I think what that says to you and to me is this, that um, like Saul... God takes our background, whatever it is, and he is uniquely able to utilize our upbringing and our experiences for his purposes and for his glory when we hand our background humbly and completely over to him like Saul did. God took Saul's background and Saul was the right man for the job. And your background and my background in the hands of God, can be used to bring God glory regardless of what our background looks like. There's good in our background. There's bad in our background. There might be some ugliness in our background. All of that was there for Saul, too. There was definitely some ugliness persecuting God's very own people and Jesus because of his blindness to who Jesus was. There's good in his background, right? Bad in his background. There's all of this. And and he hands it completely over to Jesus and surrenders it to him. And Jesus uses him for his glory. And Jesus can do the same thing with your background as well. Whatever it is, whatever it is, the good, the bad, the ugly, Jesus can take all of that and and make you an instrument of his for displaying his name before the people in your sphere of influence as well, just like he did for the Apostle Paul. So the question that I think you and I need to ask ourselves as we as we look at Jesus's prayerfully, humbly, uh, seeking the Lord like Saul did, right? Like for three days, praying and fasting and trying to figure it out, seeking the Lord and say, Lord, how can I be used for your purposes? Lord, here's my life. I hand it over to you. How have you prepared me? And then just begin to move forward in obedience and service to Jesus. And Jesus can use your unique background and experiences and connections and gifts and abilities for his purposes and for his glory. And so may you, like Saul, surrender your whole life, all of it, your whole background. Don't ignore it. Don't stuff it. Don't pretend like it's there. Hand the whole thing over to Jesus and let Jesus use you for his glory and his purposes, just like he used Saul and made him into the Apostle Paul. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. Thanks again to those of you who prayerfully and generously support this work. Um, My prayer for 2022 as we continue forward is for increased fruitfulness, for more fruitfulness from God. May it be so. And so thanks for being a part of that fruitfulness for your through your prayers and through your support. May you have a wonderful week in Christ. I look forward to talking to you again next week.